banks no longer require a team of data analysts or quants or data scientists to solve all of their problems because banks are now data driven, right? If we want to be a, a truly data driven organization, we need to make everybody within the organization data literate. And if we don't, we're just falling behind. Welcome to the DC Tech Talks podcast. My name is Lars Muller, and this is episode one of the automation series. For episode one, we are joined by Connor Lane. Connor's been at Delta Capital since 2018, working primarily with investment banks and is currently engaged at a tier one German investment bank, overseeing two work streams based around process optimization and data quality. He has experience using a suite of analytics tools such as Alteryx and Tableau, while also working with developer teams to build a Python-based machine learning tool to assist in data quality across corporate and investment bank. Last but not least, Connor also heads up the thought leadership team internally for Delta Capital. Welcome to the podcast, Connor. To start off, I'm going to give you the chance to elaborate on this introduction and add some more detail to the great work you've been doing over the past years. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Oz. As you correctly mentioned, yes, I've been working with tools such as Alteryx and Tableau for around four and a half, five years now. Uh, I really would say Alteryx would be my area of expertise and the tool that I've been using the most to you know, build automated workflows for clients, specifically around data quality. At the moment, I'm currently working with a tier one German investment bank, and I've been engaged with them since late 2020, working on several programs. And currently, I'm working on two regulator-driven initiatives around data quality at the bank. The first work stream that I'm working with uh, is based around non-conforming and non-complete data that's hosted in their data lake. This is specifically around KYC-related data. Now, the issue with poor data for our clients is that it can break internal policies and regulatory rules, as well as causing kind of general end-to-end inefficiencies. You know, nobody wants to have crap data. And we know, you know, especially nowadays, the amount of data that is hosted in our clients' data lakes, whether that's on-prem or in the cloud, a lot of this data is created by analysts, right? Whether they're onboarding new clients, performing KYC review on our clients, because that data is created manually, you know, for now, maybe in the future it won't be, but for now, you know, this is prone to, to human error. And the second work stream that I'm working on uh, is based around similar semantics, um, but this one's a little bit more technically challenging. So this is around poor data quality again, but we're really focusing on duplicate records within our client's golden source of data. These duplicate records are not necessarily identical duplicates, they're non-identical duplicates, as we would call them. So I've been working with a data engineering team to build a natural language processing, so an NLP tool, which leverages Google's BERT algorithm um, to identify these non-identical duplicates and spot trends in data that have been erroneously created by humans. That's really interesting. And uh, I think one of the main things as you you know speak about cleaning up data and looking at, at duplicate records and where Alteryx really shines, and I think where your skill set comes in as well, is that you're looking at huge amounts of data, right? Like it's not just that you're looking at a client or two clients, you're analyzing pretty much all of the data that is within the bank. And uh, that actually leads me on to, to the first question that I have, which is um, this, the skills and the tools that you've used, um, and maybe also uh, how you've acquired some of them, because I understand having a great tool like Alteryx is one thing, but then knowing how to use it efficiently to, to analyze such large amounts of data is another thing, right? 
So no, as you said, Alteryx has definitely been my kind of weapon of choice over the past four or five years. The reason that I use Alteryx compared to using other tools or maybe a, a suite of similar tools like, you know, your kind of Excel-based VBA macros for creating automated workflows is because of the transparency that I have as a kind of data analytics and more technical user and developer uh, to be able to showcase, you know, the end-to-end workflow to maybe our non-technical stakeholders within the business. Uh, is very difficult if we compare it to something like a VBA macro for one of our stakeholders that isn't so technical to understand exactly what's going on. Um, and these are things that make our clients nervous, right? You know, we've got a suite of, of developers working on things. If our non-technical business stakeholder doesn't understand it, um, it's very hard for them to, to get comfortable with the work that's being produced. So that's kind of the main reason that I pick Alteryx uh, as, a, as a tool of choice. Um, now, you know, obviously Alteryx doesn't do absolutely everything. Um, we do require to actually gather data from source systems, whether that be, as I mentioned before, on-prem or in the cloud. We can really easily hook up to those kind of systems through Alteryx using structured querying language, so SQL, to actually extract that data, which again is another tool that I think, you know, as a data analyst in financial services, it's going to be one of the key skills that's going to need to be learned. Um, I haven't come across a single client that doesn't host their data in some kind of database that doesn't really require SQL to extract that data. So I guess then within the skill set, it's not only about using Alteryx, but it's about learning which data sources you need to connect to, how to connect to them efficiently. And then also, I suppose on the other end, how to output it in a way where stakeholders understand where it's easy for other teams to pick it up, where it's versatile so they can maybe look into the data themselves, right? Exactly. And that's what Alteryx gives us the ability to do. You know, we can cleanse data, manipulate data, and obviously analyze data. That's the kind of main function of Alteryx before feeding it into an output, which looks something a human being could actually read rather than some of these convoluted schemas that a lot of our clients have within their data lakes, right? Um, and then what we can do with that output is also create a kind of schema, which is really easy to read by a tool like Tableau or your Power BI's, these data visualization tools, which really empower end users to take that data. Now, they might not actually want the same view that I have, right? One part of the business could want to see you know, a certain view or a cert- have a certain KPI, and another part of the business might have a completely different one. Now, if we create that data in a schema, which is pretty universal, we can add our own filters to these Tableau dashboards, which make the data look really easy to understand, and they can manipulate that view to fit their business needs. And now in in your overview, you mentioned two projects really that you're working on, and you just alluded to the fact that clients might want to see different views or different breakdowns of data, and it's not the same for everybody. So pick either project that you've worked on, but what are the key success metrics or the impact that, that some of your work has had on the client? Okay, good question. So I, I really think there are two themes around how we measure success in these kind of analytics programs and, and automating workflows, right? The first one, because a lot of them are regulator driven around poor data quality, the number one success metric is, is the auditor happy with the bank now, right? Or is the regulator now happy and satisfied? Because 
the consequence of them not being satisfied is, of course, regulatory fines. And we've seen that countless times over the years. Banks breaking regulation, whether they know it or not, you know, whether it's been identified or not, the regulator picks up on a problem. If it's not fixed, that has huge cost implications for our banks. So that's the kind of the success metric of, okay, we avoid these huge hefty fines. But the second key success metric that we can focus on is how much money are we tangibly saving the bank by implementing these automated solutions uh, using tools like Alteryx, building our data science solutions for the client. So for example, the second work stream that I've been leading for the past year, where we built the machine learning NLP-based matching tool, actually saved the bank an estimated £750,000 a year versus the cost of using a rival vendor. So Delta Capital managed to deliver a solution that saved the bank a significant amount of money. Now, it's really easy to metricize those kind of figures, right? Because it's, okay, how much would it cost the bank to do this manually? How much would another vendor charge the bank to implement this kind of solution? So I think that's the other key success metric is how much money and how much FTE are we saving from implementing these kind of data science or data analytics, low-code, no-code-based solutions. And also under this program, we can measure what would be the future cost savings. So by delivering this solution, for example, the efforts that we're taking to, to deliver this machine learning-based tool to remediate these duplicate records within the bank. And so as well as looking at, okay, how much money are we saving the bank over one year? We can also project that into the future. So if we talk about this machine learning-based tool that we're building as Delta Capita, we can actually predict that over the next five years, we're going to be saving the bank even more money because once we remediate these duplicate records and we stop them being created in the first place, we're going to lead to more efficiencies in the end-to-end -end KYC process as less alerts are triggered as all of the bank's client records are sent for screening. I've had the pleasure of working with you, actually, and... One of the things that you've mentioned, obviously being automated, and some things I've seen you do is leveraging some of the automated solutions for actually a completely different business problem and adding value in something that wasn't in your original book of work, but with rather minimal effort, you've been able to tackle those problems and deliver you know, money saved or, or new solutions to the client. Do you mind talking a little bit about that aspect as well? Sure. So... You know, as we're working with these tools day in and day out, there are things that you learn to pick up that you might not have expected to need, right? So, for example, a specific case that we can talk about is, you know, connecting to something like an ERP solution through Impala or Oracle directly within a tool like Alteryx and having, you know, automated workflows saved for something that, you know, for example, I've got a bunch of stakeholders who come to me day in, day out, asking for a very similar data set. Now, what I can do is I can create a solution which might take me one day, it might take me one week to create. But what that means is every time somebody comes to me with you know, a question around data, Connor, can you source this for me? It's already there at my fingertips. I don't have to go and write a whole new query or you know, amend any code. It's already there at my fingertips, which makes things very easy for me. And also, as you said, delivers big value for the client because in the past they might have had to wait a couple of days for a report to be generated. So I guess with um, 
some of these solutions, uh, the softwares that you use, as well as the skill set, comes a massive array of versatility where you can tailor certain solutions to different problems that you weren't previously aware of or that might have come up on a very ad hoc basis. On that point, I'm sure there have been many learning points as you've worked with these clients and you know, as you've gotten these ad hoc requests, as, as you've realized that the scope might have changed throughout. Um, do you mind just highlighting maybe the most prominent ones and also mention how you've learned to adapt to them and how you might, let's say, if you were to get a certain problem or a certain workbook in the future, how you would approach these same situations uh, again or, you know, in the near future? One of the major lessons I've learned over the past couple of years is to really speak and understand the language of the auditors. Now, what this means is highly documented processes, which can, of course, sometimes be rather boring, but actually taking maybe one to two days out of your work week to document the things that you're doing. Now, it's the same with if you're writing code, right? It's the same as annotating code and, and, and really documenting your end-to-end process because I'm not necessarily going to be here forever. And the auditor surely will want to see all of the steps that I've taken to arrive at a certain point and end solution. So I would say number one is really making sure that you're nailing documentation and making it very clear and transparent if any problems arise and being able to communicate these quickly. And I also feel like one of the main things I've learned over the past couple of years is being able to communicate and translate business needs into data science and data analytics solutions. Quite often we have varying ways of working between these two teams, your technical teams and your non-technical teams. And I think quite often there can be a miscommunication between those two teams. So being a mediator between the person that needs the solution and the team that are delivering the solution is really valuable. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. And that's uh, obviously one of the main parts of being a consultant as well, right? Like having that versatility, understanding different stakeholders, communicating, and also, even though you may not explicitly be told, understanding the ask and learning how to best deliver on that. Now, one of the things I find very interesting with automation or, you know, just technology in general is always looking ahead uh, at the next few years. Um, we always hear that technology and data and and all these great tools, they're going to be growing and the use for them is going to be growing. With your expertise and, and I guess within the field that you've worked in, where do you see the main opportunities or where do you see the trajectory taking us in terms of these tools, skill sets, data, whichever way you want to approach it? So I think that's a, a very good question and, and one that a lot of companies are asking at the moment, right? What's the future for, for this data and technology space? Based on my own experience uh, and my own predictions for the future, based on that experience, I really do foresee huge opportunities for these low-code slash no-code analytics tools like Alteryx, especially over the next five to 10 years, right? In the, in the near term. Now, the reason for this is that I'm seeing a, an industry tech trend towards, you know, a term that a lot of people like to call data democratization. What do we mean by that? So no longer should we need data scientists to be the only group that are comfortable with handling big data. Because there's so much data, we're already starting to see your BAs, so your business analytics type functions require quite a significantly high degree 
of data literacy and tools like Alteryx and, and even Tableau's new technology, Tableau Prep. They offer a kind of suite of tools that are very easy for anybody to pick up and start driving real insights from huge data sets without having to spend years learning SQL, your Pythons, these kind of quite complex and convoluted languages. Now we have these tools that really empower any business user to drive these insights themselves. So I really think there's a massive opportunity for these tools to be implemented into banks and into our financial services clients, as we're seeing much more demand for them. And I think where we can help as Delta Capital is we've got a huge suite of expertise in these fields, right? We've got many, many of our consultants are certified to a core and even advanced level in tools like Alteryx. And already what we're seeing is our Delta Capital consultants being able to train maybe permanent staff for our client and on governance around how we should use Alteryx and really establish a formal process around how these tools to be, should be used and implemented. So on, on the aspect of opportunities, you've mentioned all of the platforms, but then also there's the real life application to it, right? And the bringing values to, to clients. So in your professional opinion, what would be the consequences of uh, a client uh, or anybody really running anything data-driven of not making use of automation or you know tools such as Alteryx, Tableau, or services that Delta Capital offer? To be honest, Lars, I think what it means for the client is that they end up getting left behind, right? Because we're seeing so many industry-leading banks really roll out huge programs around training on these sorts of tools, right? We're really seeing some of the big American investment banks dedicating lots of money to actually roll out these formal programs and training across the business. So as I mentioned before, banks no longer require a team of data analysts or quants or data scientists to solve all of their problems because banks are now data-driven, right? If we want to be a, a truly data-driven organization, we need to make everybody within the organization data literate. And if we don't, we're just falling behind. Thank you, Connor. I think that's really insightful. And, and I must say, I do agree that understanding data and implementing solutions that utilize data is going to be crucially important moving forward for, for any firm or any big institution. Now, as like, a, a, I guess, a running trend on this podcast, as like the final question, I'm going to be asking each guest something that is not entirely job related, just for the audience to get to know you a bit more. And this question is, Tell me something about yourself that only your friends know. Now you can take a time with this, but yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay, great. So one of my biggest passions, in fact, probably my biggest passion outside of work and what I would like to think of as my creative outlet outside of this crazy world of financial services is definitely cooking far in the future, not saying it will be anytime soon, but it's always been a dream of mine to become kind of formally trained, maybe go to France take a month off, really get those skills honed and come back to London and open my own restaurant. So I really think if I wasn't working in data and tech in the financial services sector, I'd really like to become a chef. It was one of my dreams as a child. Things didn't necessarily work out that way, but I really think there are similarities between the things that we do now for our clients and working in these highly pressured environments to make something, be proud of something that is of value or that 
somebody else might enjoy. It really drives me. So I guess I'm not working in a in a field which is too dissimilar from my passion. The semantics are the same, but yeah, that's that's definitely one of my passions is is cooking. That's really interesting. I had, I had no idea you were that passionate about it. I guess you know a follow up question on that. What is your best or favorite dish to cook? One of my favorite dishes to cook, which is actually taken from my favorite chef Ottolenghi, is a slow braised beef short rib, and it is absolutely to die for. I'll give you the recipe, Lars. That does sound amazing. Yes, please do, do send it to me. Thank you so much for being on, Connor. This concludes episode one of the DC Tech Talks podcast. And if you want to reach out to us about anything that we've discussed, please contact us at dc.tech.talks at deltacapital.com.